Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. And as promised, we're now with a very near and dear friend of mine, and that's Frank J. Gaffney, who is the founder and executive chairman of the Center for Security Policy in Washington, D.C., a not-for-profit, nonpartisan educational corporation established in 1988. Under Mr. Gaffney's leadership, the center has been nationally and internationally recognized as a resource for timely, informed, and penetrating analysis of foreign and defense policy measures. You know, Frank Gaffney started out as a professional staff member on the Senate Armed Services Committee, chaired by the late Senator John Tower of Texas. He also worked with a Democrat Senator Henry M. Scoop Jackson, Democrat from Washington, in the areas of defense and foreign policies. In 1987, Frank was nominated by President Reagan to become the Assistant Secretary of Defense for International Security Policy. That is the senior position in the Defense Department with responsibility for policies involving the United States and USSR relations, nuclear forces, arms control, missile defense policy, and U.S. European defense ties. He was also the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Nuclear Forces and Arms Control Policy under Assistant Secretary Richard Pearl. Frank Gaffney holds a Master's of Arts degree in International Studies from the John Hopkins University School of Advanced International Studies and a Bachelor of Science in Foreign Service from the Georgetown University School of Foreign Service. Frank Gaffney is truly an honor and pleasure to have you on the Steadfast and Low podcast. Well, the privilege is mine, Colonel. It's always good to have a chance yeah, to visit we, with you, we, even, we, even if I'm not interviewing you, which I prefer yeah, to do. Yeah, this is the first time I get to do it on, on this side. And you have been doing some incredible work. But the thing that I want to talk about, you know, in my opening monologue, I said, you know, what we see happening in the United States of America, this is not about incompetence. This is purposeful. This is intentional. And I think that we have failed to see it that way and realize that the progressive socialist left, the, the Marxists are really working with foreign actors to undermine the United States of America, our sovereignty and our independence. And without a doubt, I believe that the Biden administration is compromised when it comes to the Chinese Communist Party and Xi Jinping. So what is your assessment of how you see right now the foreign relations or and the national insecurity of the United States of America, especially when it relates to China? I'm not sure I can improve upon your characterization, uh, Alan. I, th I think you hit it absolutely right on all counts. I believe we are now undergoing, at the hands of Marxists inside the U.S. government, a wrecking operation. I, I honestly can't think of a single policy this president has adopted and is pursuing 
that is uh, other than one harmful to the United States and two beneficial to our mortal enemy, the Chinese Communist Party. Mm-hmm. And you put all that together, and it, as you did in your opening comment, we've got a world of hurt because adversaries see this as an opportunity, especially those that have compromised Joe Biden, and there's now a fairly long list of those. Mm-hmm. But beyond the ones that have got the confidence that uh, they've got him in their pocket. You have a lot of others who just consider him to be weak, irresolute, um, senile, perhaps. In any event, unable to mount the kind of defense that deters them from aggression against our interests. And I think that's what is looming now across a broad front. Yeah, it's interesting because all of a sudden everyone is talking about the Chinese purchase of land that, that is near the Air Force Base up in North Dakota. But we are down here in Texas, and you're very familiar with Texas. This has already happened down at Laughlin Air Force Base, which is one of the major combat pilot training facilities, over 100,000 acres, which also is right along the border. So how is it that we are sitting around and allowing the Chinese, like I said, the number one geopolitical foe of this country, to come in and buy these large swaths of land near these strategically important Air Force bases and also a lot of meat processing centers here. And agricultural land uh, Mm -hmm. as well, among other things, technology companies. Um, Alan, we do a program um, under the sponsorship of a, a pickup team we call the Committee on the Present Danger China. Uh, every Tuesdays and Thursdays now, in which we do an hour or so webinar. And just today, we did one under the rubric of what we call USA Betrayed. And a specific focus of this particular program was what Wall Street has been doing to actually finance our enemy, the Chinese Communist Party. You know, the elite capture phenomenon is so pervasive, so extensive, that it's hard to single out any specific example of it that's more egregious than the others. But like you, um, with kind of the national security backgrounds that we respectively have, I put right at the top of the list the idea that we have nobody who at some point in the process of allowing the Chinese to buy these huge tracts of land in strategic locations, actually threw a flag and said, hey, wait a minute, we're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. But it's unfortunately just one example of the rot that has set in on a a very widespread basis, as I say. Again, partly because people are compromised, partly because I think people have, uh, in our elites, come to the conclusion that China is the rising power. And they just need to make the best deal they can. Um, You don't get money out of it. And uh, the devil take the hindmost for our country and our people. But uh, shame on them. And we're trying to expose them. No, absolutely right. I know one of those people that you just uh, were alluding to, Ray Delio, who basically, absolutely, he, he believes that, you know, China is that rising economic power. But there is something that you and I have been working on and getting out there in the public sphere which a lot of our members of the military are not aware of, and that's this whole thrift savings plan that 
I was a part of it when I was in the military and, of course, got deployed. But our government is actually investing the money of our members of our uniformed services in companies that are controlled by the Communist Chinese Party. Can you talk about that a little more? Well, at the very least, they're the money that the government pays these people is being put into uh, essentially mandatory investment portfolios. Mm -hmm. You get some choice as to which ones you want them in. But for example, even after with your help, and I want to say how much I appreciate that help, two years ago, Donald Trump personally intervened and said, we're not going to do this. I mean, the prospect that people like you serving in uniform or formally serving in uniform, having their money put into, in some cases, companies in China building the weapons that were designed and are being bought to kill people like you. Yeah. Blew Donald Trump's mind and he said, that's not going to happen. And it didn't until a guy by the name of Larry Fink, another Ray Dalio, if you will, albeit at a far bigger company than Dalio's, a company called BlackRock mm -hmm. that manages most of the funds. At the time, I think it managed all of the funds of the thrift retirement, uh, the thrift system plan. Um, this guy got 35 companies that uh, were at least nominally associated with Hong Kong added to the um, the International Investment Fund that the men and women of our armed forces and civilian government employees, past and present, put money into. 35 companies based in Hong Kong. As you know, Hong Kong is no more, Alan. Yeah. It is just another city in China. So that was a sort of uh, camel's nose under the proverbial tent, if you will. Mm -hmm. And now they've opened up a what they call a thrift savings plan mutual fund window in which 5,000 mutual funds are on offer to um, these beneficiaries of the TSP. And the Thrift Savings Plans uh, Oversight Board, the Federal uh, Thrift Retirement Investment Board, won't tell the beneficiaries whether they're investing in China in these mutual funds. So, I mean, there's a conscious effort underway to plow still more of our money into our enemies' corporations. It's reckless, it's irresponsible, and it's going to get people killed. No, you're absolutely right. And the end result, when you read and understand the One Belt, One Road strategy of China, and the means by which you expand the hegemonic dominance of a, of a nation, I hate to say this being an army guy, but it's through their maritime forces. And China is now on their third aircraft carrier. And when you look at because of the theft of intellectual property, the forced technology transfers, a lot of this stuff has technological relations. Uh, the F-35, you have a similar fire, Chinese fighter aircraft, like I say, with the aircraft carriers and things. This a nature. Chinese copy, they might call it. Absolutely. So why is it that we have these defense industries uh, that are so focused on aiding and abetting and enabling our enemy, which you just said, who will end up killing our men and women in uniform, uh, instead of standing and supporting our own military, to include some of these woke corporations that yeah. want to do this, uh, uh, what do they call it, the artificial intelligence work with China, but they want to shun our own military. Right. Well, I, I would put it 
sort of wall between the defense contractors who are just having all of their technology and blueprints and designs stolen by the Chinese on the one hand, and then the companies that are wittingly and in many cases even openly working with the Chinese Communist Party. I think you're talking about Google yes, in particular, which yeah. had its employees uh, protest the idea that there was going to be work done by Google with our Defense Department, but nary a peep from them about helping, as you say, with the artificial intelligence and other programs of the Chinese Communist Party, which means the People's Liberation Army as mm -hmm. well. And, uh, you know, that is part of what we were talking about a moment ago in terms of uh, this USA betrayal. I don't mm -hmm. know how else to describe it. I just, I would give the defense companies, as far as I can tell, credit for not voluntarily helping our enemies, mm -hmm. but in a way they are by allowing them to get access to their most uh, important and in some cases most sensitive intellectual property yeah. through theft, cyber Absolutely. attacks and the like. Let's talk about the recent study and the briefing that you just put together that you want to get in front of many candidates or elected officials right now. Can you uh, t share that with the audience? Yeah, happy to do so. Alan, uh, you, you may remember this. Um, it really was imprinted on me as a very young man. In the 1976 period, a group was formed called Team B mm -hmm. to give a second opinion on what was then the policy of the United States government towards our most serious uh, threat, the, the the last totalitarian communist regime that sought our destruction, namely the Soviet Union. And they came back from an all-source intelligence deep dive and said, this is crazy. This idea that we're going to enrich our enemies and we're going to lay down our arms and we're going to let them build up is going to get a lot of us killed. Mm -hmm. Team B became the impetus behind something called the Committee on the Present Danger one of whose members was a fellow by the name of Ronald Reagan. And Ronald Reagan took those guys and their ideas, and he said, I want to put together a strategy as an alternative to detente, as it was called at the time. Mm -hmm. And he got that strategy. He sought a mandate from the American people when he ran for president in 1980 to implement that strategy, and they gave it to him. And he did and as they say, the rest is history. So flash forward, Team B in the mid-1970s inspired what we call Team B3. We did one in the 2010 timeframe on Sharia. Sharia, I remember. Remember that one. Um, this, this one is about the origins of the virus uh, known as SARS-CoV-2 or the impetus behind the pandemic, uh, COVID pandemic. And our team B came up with this report, Alan. It's called The CCP is at War with America because it talks about the biological warfare attack that was undertaken by the Chinese Communist Party knowingly, deliberately, and murderously against this country and other nations around the world. We lost, as you know, a million people yes. to this disease. So this is a pretty pretty serious uh, attack. 
we don't think that's the only example of the warfare against us. In fact, it's been going on for decades. They call it, as you know, unrestricted warfare. But this takes it to a whole new level. And we believe that it is incumbent upon people who, in the next three months, want our votes at both the federal and state level to become our representatives some of them are incumbents, but some of them are challengers, but whichever, they're seeking our votes in November. Yes. These people need to know what's in this book and more generally what is available about the threat we're facing from the Chinese Communist Party. So we put together what we call the brief, which essentially takes that information, 30 minutes worth of PowerPoint slides. We can communicate what has been done to us so far and what is in the offing because unfortunately the chinese did not give us their most deadly virus in the biological warfare space there's worse and it may be headed our way if we are not alive to the danger that we're facing so the purpose of this alan and you've been an elective uh, office you know is to make sure that one of two things happen these people take the brief, seek in their campaigns a mandate from their electorates Mm -hmm. to take seriously, as Reagan did, the threat we're now facing from, a, frankly, an even greater existential danger than we faced in the Soviet era, and promise to do something about it, and then can be held accountable, if elected, to doing just that, as Reagan was. Or alternatively, Alan, They may say, hey, you know, I I just don't buy this. It's not my thing. I I don't want to do it. I don't believe the Chinese are at war with us. But they will have had guilty knowledge about the danger, and they will be held accountable for doing nothing about it. So that's the purpose, and we're very anxious, and your audience could be hugely helpful. They can get this book for free as a downloadable PDF, or they can buy it at ccpatwar.com. They can also register to get this briefing, or better yet, to get their this briefing in front of the people seeking their votes. We need their help, and this is the time for the next three months. We've got to get their attention and get focused action taken. No, you're absolutely right. I think one of the failures that we have is a good uh, strategy, an offensive strategy, and it comes Amen. back to Sun Tzu. If we don't know our enemy and we definitely are struggling to know who we are, we're never going to be successful on the battlefield. In the last couple Amen. of minutes that I have, I want you to just articulate how important it is to eradicate the United States of America of these Confucius academies or centers or institutes that we find on our college and university campuses. Sure. You know, as I said earlier, Alan, uh, the Chinese Communist Party, at least by 1999 and probably years before that, has adopted and practiced what they call unrestricted warfare against our country. A main line of attack is information warfare. Mm -hmm. It is trying to make sure that people they target are indoctrinated with their party line, as they say, their propaganda, their curricula, their TikTok disseminated disinformation. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And they've worked tirelessly to do it, to perfect it, to make it as seductive as they can. These institutes, uh, many of them on college campuses, but now in some cases um, they're providing curricula and programs to even elementary schools as well Mm -hmm. as high schools are just a Trojan horse for the Chinese Communist Party to exert its influence, to disinform, and to recruit our people against our own country. They have to be shut down, and some of that is taking place, but not nearly enough. Just incredible. And that's why I I tell people the most important elected position in the United States of America is school board. So we Mm -hmm. make sure we can eradicate this cultural Marxism and also the infiltration of the CCP. Frank Gaffney, where can people follow your great work at the Center for Security Policy and also Secure Freedom Radio? Well, you know, it's actually Securing America now. It's partly a TV program as well as a radio program. We're on Real America's Voice as well as on the American Family Network across the country. Um, They can follow uh, all of it at securingamerica.tv as well as our site at the Center for Security Policy, which I really commend. It's a very rich resource, is securefreedom.org. And finally, our Committee on the Present Danger China, which is sponsored this, among other things, is presentdangerchina.org or that site, ccpatwar.com. Well, I want to tell you that I have been richly blessed since I got to know you and to work with you on making sure that we secure the greatest nation the world has ever known. And you are the embodiment of an American that you don't have to serve in uniform to serve this nation. And I want to thank you for all of the years of service you've given to this nation, what you continue to do to make sure that our children and grandchildren live in the greatest nation that the world has ever known. So God bless you and thank Thank you so much, Frank. Thank you, my friend. That means the world to me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for tuning in to the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. I want to thank my very special guest and friend, Frank Gaffney of the Center for Security Policy and all the incredible work that he is doing to expose the Communist Chinese Party and what they are doing here to undermine liberty and freedom and the sovereignty of the United States of America. So please follow Frank Gaffney and learn more about his efforts and learn more about the book that he is putting out about the things that China is doing in the United States of America. So God bless you all. Remember, if you like this podcast, please hit that like button and share it with others. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Before they burn it down.